Coyote pack alert. Coyote alert. Coyote spotted, 934 a.m. Coyote sighting. Coyote on 16th Street. 14th in Montana. Coyote! Where are these coyotes? Are they on 14th and Montana? Are they prowling the streets looking for pets? Sort of? For all their immediacy, these coyotes are, in a sense, after images, signs, traces. These coyotes are ghosts, living on long after their physical presence has trotted away. Put another way, these coyotes are on next door. Have you ever needed to borrow a ladder, find someone to mow your lawn, or learn when local road repairs will wrap up? There are so many ways our neighbors can help us. Nextdoor calls itself the app where you plug into the neighborhoods that matter to you. Everyone is a neighbor, they say. And by bringing neighbors together, we can cultivate a kinder world where everyone has a neighborhood they can rely on. In practice, Nextdoor has become famous for enabling rich white communities to practice constant racial surveillance of their streets. Post after post describes suspicious-looking people, almost always black and brown people, walking in places they supposedly don't belong. This atmosphere of racist paranoia has led critics to describe Nextdoor's neighborhoods as digital-gated communities and the app version of the mid-century suburb. It's pervasive enough that the company has tried to discourage such posts by, for example, asking users to report posts they think are biased. But many threads on the app are still devoted to policing and racializing city space. In LA County, Nextdoor is also a tool for policing coyotes. Over and over, neighbors turn to Nextdoor to report coyote sightings, to mourn lost pets, to call for new policies of coyote control, to celebrate coyotes, to denigrate them, to share their awe or fear or frustration. These sightings circulate in digital space, slipping from screen to screen like a coyote flitting from yard to yard. What do these digital coyotes do as they move through the virtual city? Why do people choose to spend so much time with them? What would you say if you thought you saw a coyote? On the street? or in the cloud. Welcome to The Labyrinth, a series of stories that intersect like passages in a maze. Can you find your way out? Coyotes in the cloud. You just saw a coyote on the street in front of your apartment. What should you think? In this episode, produced by Spencer Robbins, we ask, did you actually see that coyote? Or maybe you followed a ghost into another political storm in Los Angeles.
If you click on a Nextdoor Coyote post, you can be pretty sure what you're going to get. A debate. This coyote problem has gotten out of hand. Countless posts from you all for months show the coyotes are going further and further into town. Where is animal control? What is the city doing to address this problem that threatens our lives, our pets' lives, and our feeling of safety? This cannot continue. Coyotes do not threaten our lives. If you're feeling unsafe, why not read up on the issue? What do you expect animal control to do? Roam the streets with shotguns? We are a large part of the problem by leaving food outdoors that attract coyotes and the animals that they prey on. We're not being murdered in our beds. They're dogs looking for food. It's in the best interest of all creatures involved to have the wayward coyotes return to their proper habitat. They're wild predators, and they, in fact, do pose a threat. Coyotes pose an existential threat to pets. That alone is enough to justify returning coyotes to the wild. Set cage traps, catch them, and relocate them to the mountains. So how do we stop them from returning to where the food is? Set up checkpoints and ask for their passports? Put up signs saying native animals prohibited? I would love it if they stayed in the mountains, but we're giving them an all-you-can-eat buffet down here. Not to mention the way higher number of cats killed by cars. Let's get the Humane Society to round up all the speeding cars. I'd support that. Read enough of these arguments, and you start to see some patterns. Someone's going to say, we need to restrict their food sources, haze them, or scare them when we see them in the street keep our pets on leashes, and generally learn to live with coyotes. Someone's going to say we should trap them and drop them in the mountains. Someone's going to say we should kill them all. We have to take it upon ourselves. The coyotes live at the golf course. I'm going to start taking golf clubs on walks, and if I see a solitary one, I will hunt it. We need to do something. Someone's going to say, hey, that won't work because it's a well-documented fact that when coyotes are targeted for culling or relocation, their numbers in that area actually tend to increase. Which is true. Someone's gonna say, that's easy for you to say when you haven't seen the life go out of your fur kid's eyes right in front of you. Have you lost a pet to one of these feral doggies? Have you witnessed your pet being carried away after her spine has been snapped? as she uttered her last bone-chilling warrior screech, followed by her final grunt as she relinquished her power to the jaws that carried her away. Someone's gonna say, they're really just dogs. They're wild animals, definitely not dogs. At some point, someone's gonna jump in and say, we shouldn't be talking about removing coyotes, because we're the invaders in their habitat. They were here first, and we need to learn to coexist. Coyotes don't understand the word coexist. That's ridiculous. Every now and then, you'll get someone who steps back and observes how predictable this all is. Sorry, but posts informing us for the umpteenth time that we took their habitat, so unoriginal. Over time, the comments start to organize themselves into some basic categories. Coexist, kick out, or kill. The whole thing can feel like coyotes are just one more opportunity to have a culture war. How many times do we have to repeat this? Cats and dogs are not the favorite items on a coyote's menu. That's scientifically proven. 
The most recent study says up to 8% for a coyote. I'll trust the studies. For me, reality trumps theory. Predators predate. Sometimes, though, the posts are a little more exploratory. You'll see someone ask a question, and people will share information, studies, stories. Like they're trying to paint a picture of what life is like for coyotes in a place like L.A. Sometimes people get practical. They'll give you very specific suggestions about how to keep coyotes away from you and your family. It is not so hard if you use the following options. Timberwolf urine. Efficient coyote repellent spray. Since coyotes are naturally afraid of wolves, they will for sure avoid unappealing areas which contain wolf urine scent. Sold on Amazon. I would recommend using a syringe or eyedropper to fill though. Very hard to fill from a bottle and not get it on you. But pretty soon, you'll see these same basic attitudes and emotions toward coyotes flare up again. It's almost like people are reading from a script, like everyone already knows what to say. Action! Everyone keeps talking about seeing coyotes. Are they dangerous? Or are they just like untamed dogs? They're wild animals, definitely not dogs. If you see a pack, they're hunting. If you see a single coyote, it's hunting. Their life is to eat and procreate. I grew up in Northern California with coyotes as a common neighbor amongst us. Coyotes don't attack people, nor are they aggressive, unless you do something to threaten them. I probably wouldn't let my kitten out to play with them, but other than that, they're nothing to worry about. I don't understand why animal control doesn't pick it up and drive it into the mountains where coyotes belong. Eventually, someone here is going to get hurt. If you don't take this as a serious threat, then maybe you shouldn't be commenting. Best of luck to you and your husband. Hopefully they aren't hungry when you go by. I love the exchange of different viewpoints and it is wonderful to see that my neighbors are passionate about certain subjects important to them. I just want to take a moment to remind everyone that Nextdoor's community guidelines have been updated. Please take an opportunity to review. At the end of the day, everyone here is your neighbor. Nothing gets the people going like coyotes. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight. Let's start with the coyotes. Bring us up to date on what's going on there. You know, you're going to have a lot of listeners today that are going to be rolling their eyes saying, well, you know, just keep your pets inside, keep your children safe, you know, watch your, you know, be a little more responsible as a pet owner. But my question to those, <laughs> those listeners is, at what point did we give up our backyards? At what point did we hmm. give up our ability to leave a, a window open or a door open so that we can get some fresh air? You know, and at what point did our pets, you know, have to be uh, constrained to uh, living in, indoors for the rest of their lives? If I have a 25-pound dog that I want to open the kitchen door and let out to not only put it to their thing, but to go out and play with a ball or whatever, I should be able to do that without the fear of predator coyotes jumping over my wall and killing it. Well, listen, that's a great segue. Nextdoor isn't the only place you'll find digital coyotes. You can follow them on Facebook, too. Literally. You can join a group devoted to posting about coyotes, either pro, like Coyote Clan and Protect Our Coyotes, 
or very much con, like coyote hunting and evict coyotes. Coyote sightings in these groups are doing something different from the ones you find on Nextdoor. Nextdoor coyote posts are about debating. People seek out disagreement and fight it out. They're also to some extent about information as people share coyote locations in real time to warn their neighbors. But on Facebook, coyote posts are about organizing, bringing like-minded people together for a purpose. Here's how one group defines its purpose. This group is for people wanting to bring down the coyote population to much safer levels. We are not here to discuss both sides. The only side we discuss is how to get our government to do their job and start evicting coyotes. This group is meant for individuals that want to see the coyote population cult. If arguments arise from opposing views, you may be removed from the group. The group is meant for like-minded people wanting to find solutions to the coyote issue. We do not support coexistence. Period. That's from Evict Coyotes Torrents. Here's another. This group is for people wanting to bring down the coyote population to much safer levels. No coyote huggers are allowed. You can have respect for them. But going around causing problems or saying they were here first won't be tolerated. That's from Evict Coyotes West Covina, Walnut, and surrounding cities. And here's one more. This group is for people wanting to bring down the coyote population to much safer levels. Hashtag evict coyotes, hashtag wear red. That's from evict coyotes Downey, California. Starting to see a pattern? If you happened across these various Southern California evict coyotes groups, you might think you were seeing some kind of grassroots movement taking shape. And to some extent that's right. Clearly these groups speak to, or maybe create, a shared fear of coyotes. But these groups can also be traced almost entirely to a single person. Okay, our guest this morning is Torrance City Council Member Aurelio Machichi. Welcome back to the program, Councilman. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you for having me. Councilman. It just has a ring to it. Aurelio Matucci was elected to the Torrance City Council in 2018. From the start, coyotes were one of his signature issues. Public safety has to be above wildlife, period. Period. Mm-hmm. Every city should put human human life and, and the protection of uh, private property. We should have the right to protect our families uh, under all circumstances and regain access to our property. That's all I'm saying. Matucci's groups share pictures of prowling coyotes and dismembered cats in order to convince people that coyote activity in their cities is increasing and dangerous. Their goal is to convince local governments to adopt trap-and-kill programs to reduce coyote populations. Supporters of this movement have turned out in large numbers at Torrance City Council meetings, wearing red evict coyotes shirts and demanding action. The video that has many crying, some here even crying uncontrollably. All this at the Torrance City Council meeting of all places as they watch the video showing dozens of their pets that have all been killed by coyotes. Reason enough for this 
The sea of red, as they call it, in front of city lawmakers. Dozens wearing their red shirts. Red, they say, for the blood of their pets, all lost in deadly attacks. The coyotes even striking now in broad daylight. To some extent, Matucci's movement has succeeded. They convinced the Torrin City Council to adopt a program he proposed to cull coyotes for five months out of the year. So it's funny how they kind of changed their mind when you got a couple hundred people wearing red shirts that says you big coyotes in front of you. Though, as many a next-door advocate has pointed out, coyote numbers tend to stay stable or even increase in areas where they're hunted. Matucci doesn't just want to get rid of Torrance's coyotes. He's fighting, in his words, for a cleaner and safer Torrance. By which he means, yes, cleaning up trash, but also, quote, community pride, a strong police department, and as for the homeless, may they be given viable options because we care and our streets shall no longer be their permanent residence. Matucci contrasts his vision for a cleaner and safer Torrance with vivid descriptions of everyone and everything he thinks needs to be removed from Torrance to make it that way. He calls Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization. He calls homelessness a cancer and says it's spreading. And about coyotes, Matucci says, As cute as these animals are, we must remember that they are ruthless and vicious killers and would have no issue attacking a young child right in front of an adult. In other words, Matucci and his hashtag evict coyotes movement are about control, about asserting aesthetic and political control over their city and denying all other human and non-human claims to that space. When people suggest that coyotes do have some claim to Los Angeles, since they've been here for thousands and thousands of years, Matucci responds that, I don't subscribe to the idea that they were here first, so we need to somehow play by their rules. We humans need a safe environment of our own, and technically, no matter where we go, we are somewhere where something else was there before us. So. It's coyote management as settler colonialism. And of course, it's make our streets great again. What do you say when you see a coyote? As a threat to your family and your property? As a sneering, snarling interloper? As the other jumping over your fence? Matucci says, Enough is enough. We want our backyards back. I don't want to have to go for a walk carrying a baseball bat. Tell a cop that, you know, I'm worried about uh, uh, vagrants and uh, coyotes. I think they'll let you go. When you hear Matucci talk about coyotes, you might wonder, is he really talking about coyotes? Is this debate about coyotes at all? Are they the problem? Or is the coyote debate really, actually, about human desires, the desire to kill, the desire to dominate, the seemingly never-ending human need to expand our cities and consume the land. Listen to how the Kill Coyotes crowd talks about killing coyotes. I don't know or care if they were here first. We're here now, and any threat to us and ours should be met with as much force as it takes to eliminate it. 
This is how humans have survived and prospered for tens of thousands of years. I see no reason to stop now. We are the big dog. We should act like it. It's almost biological. It's like they're suggesting that killing coyotes is our right as members of a supposedly dominant species. Think of it this way. We rose to the top of the food chain not because of our scary claws, our big teeth, or our giant size, but because of our enormous brains and our ability to use tools, aka weapons, so use one. Sometimes they suggest this is almost a duty, that coyotes need a predator species to control them, and that only humans can do it. They adapt quickly, breed quicker, and have no predator enemies, except man. We need to stop abdicating our position at the top of the food chain. They need to be shot. There should be nothing to discuss. Would we care so much if we were talking about rats or cockroaches? You have to control vermin and wildlife, or else you end up with this and worse. I love wildlife, but I also understand my place as top predator. Humans didn't evolve and survive because they let predators take over. When you hear statements like that, isn't it natural to think, uh, hey, it's not the coyotes that are the ruthless, unstoppable killers here? Isn't it natural to wonder, what if the problem is us? And in fact, that's exactly how people on the pro-coyote side often seem to think about human beings. They have a natural predator and something that's been invading their own homeland. It's called human beings. All of a sudden, it's like we're not talking about political decisions anymore, or even really about decisions at all. Instead, we're talking about nature, human nature, which supposedly drives us inevitably to destroy non-human nature. There's a very strong tendency for people concerned about the natural world to start thinking with terms like human and the human species and we, not we Angelinos or we Americans, but we humans with our supposedly predictable urges to spread and destroy. That's what's wrong with our species. We humans are taking over every single space they used to live. Where should these animals go? Unless a law is passed that we can only have one or two kids, humans will continue to populate the land. Humans are the most invasive species on the planet. We make kudzu look like microgreens. And so the irony is that both sides end up saying kind of the same thing. Killing other creatures is just what humans do. Honestly, I think that humans are the most harmful and frightening of any living creature. Predators predate. Humans destroy. Whether you hate it or kind of like it. I guess it could be said us humans are the apex. Kind of like it. A lot of people seem eager to make the jump between how they feel about coyotes and how they feel about humans. In fact, many environmental arguments end up here, with sweeping claims about the inevitable triumph, or the inevitable downfall, or the uncontrollable growth, or the unconscionable crimes of the human species. You see it in the humans are a cancer or humans are a virus memes that stuck out so strongly in the early days of the pandemic, 
when nature supposedly recolonized places we were finally leaving alone. Destroying nature is human nature. At least that's the idea. I get the impulse. When you're confronted with the scale of what people have done to the natural world, it's easy to slip into despair. Maybe that's just who we are. Maybe we should embrace it. Maybe there's nothing to be done. Talk about the human species and our supposedly unavoidable violence toward other creatures can become a kind of nihilism that's also a kind of comfort. It's a strange way of asserting responsibility by saying, this is our nature, and so it's our fault, and avoiding responsibility by saying, this is our nature, and so there's nothing we can do, at the same time. So what looked like a culture war, coyotes, do we love them or hate them, ends up looking like a problem beyond culture, beyond politics. There go humans being a cancer on the earth again. What are you going to do? But look, there's nothing inevitable about any of this. When people impact other animals or the natural world, that's not the expression of some deep species identity. It's about debates and decisions and ideologies, like the one Matucci sells on Facebook. There are choices to be made here, and we, we people living in specific places alongside specific other creatures, get to make them. But if we imagine that these are not choices, that this is human nature, we stop ourselves from doing the hard work of talking through our disagreements and of imagining alternatives, other ways of living alongside unruly creatures like coyotes and neighbors. So, what would you say if the coyote debate came to your town? Our residents wanted to have more of a discussion on it, so we had a town hall meeting. We had a pretty good turnout. Um, the city council chambers was almost full. Out of the discussion, a resident had suggested, well, we should get a volunteer group together to kind of monitor the coyote activity sightings and then do some outreach. Matucci's Evict Coyotes movement is not the only one convinced that the number of coyotes, coyote sightings, and coyote attacks in the LA area is rising. It turns out that a lot of people share this concern, and other groups have also sprung up in response, like Coyotes Out of Downey. So our mayor, Mayor Rodriguez, you know, said that's a great idea, so we put this group together. Um, he called it Coyotes Out of Downey. I mean, of course, we're never going to get all the coyotes out of Downey, but it's kind of a spin off another group in the city called uh, Gangs out of Downey that the mayor had spearheaded. When I first heard this story, Gangs out of Downey struck me as another piece of clearly racialized language. I thought coyotes out of Downey would express the same kind of fear, anger, and desire for control that we saw in the evict coyotes groups. But coyotes out of Downey takes the other side of the seemingly endless coyote debate. Like they said, Of course, we're never going to get all the coyotes out of Downey. 
Instead, Coyotes Out of Downey tries to educate residents about what they can do to avoid getting into conflicts with coyotes in the first place. Things like securing your trash at night, encouraging businesses to do the same, keeping your pet on a leash when you go for a walk, and keeping your cats inside. These changes wouldn't just protect cats from the occasional coyote, not to mention birds from absolutely constant attack by cats, they would very likely lead to coyotes who actually spend less time in LA neighborhoods. Because it turns out, coyote and Angelino behavior are intertwined. They're actually really fearful of humans. And so I think what happens is when they come to urban areas, it's not necessarily they're getting smarter, it's just they're very observant animals. And so if someone sees a coyote and all they're doing is taking a photo or videotaping it, all you've taught to that coyote is, oh, that person isn't scary at all. And so I think little by little, their inherent fear of us is changing because they're not constantly getting hazed or scared and so they're like it's not so bad here and there's food out here so why not that's why many coyote groups say you should haze any coyotes you see make loud noise and try to look big so fewer coyotes yes but killing coyotes no coyotes out of downey is roughly speaking on the side of coyote coexistence but their version would be a more distant kind of coexistence. You really would see fewer coyotes in Downey and everywhere else if people changed their behavior, if we could discipline ourselves to the necessary rhythms of life alongside coyotes. That disciplined unseeing might also extend to our ghostly digital cloud coyotes. And that's why we also tell people to not report coyote sightings on Nextdoor and Facebook because there's a lot of groups out there that do that. One, because it does nothing for the city. It doesn't help us with tracking. Um, but then when you do that, it just, there's a lot of misinformation out there. I've seen this before. Someone had sent out an information that said the coyote's only purpose to be on the street is to attack your pets and children. They're so ingrained with this fear of coyotes, and it's like, no, actually, no, they're not going to attack humans, and they may take your small pet, but that's why you need to attend them, and they don't like the idea that they're predators, I guess. But then, there are other predators in Los Angeles that people don't hate so much. So, what is it about coyotes? Maybe it's something about intimacy. How close they can feel to us. Mountain lions mostly stay in their mountains, but coyotes walk the same streets we do, seemingly unafraid of us. And the digital coyotes are even worse. They come right into your house, summoned by your pissed off neighbor's next door post. I saw you last night out on the edge of town. In fact, a coyote post is a kind of encounter. I want to read your mind to know just what I've got in this new thing I found. When someone shares their coyote sighting, so tell me what I see. Or their friend's neighbor's buddy's coyote sighting, when I look in your eyes, it becomes your sighting. Is that you? 
whether you like it or not. But then, maybe you do. Maybe there's a kind of pleasure in imagining coyotes as predators and as prey. It's a kind of performance, choosing grisly photos and vicious language to depict them. In the cloud, you can imagine a coyote as terrifying as you like. If you see a pack, they're hunting. If you see a single coyote, it's hunting. And you can imagine killing it as ruthlessly as you want. I'm going to start taking golf clubs on walks, and if I see a solitary one, I will hunt it. So tell me what I see When I look in your eyes Is that you, baby, or just a bird down to the sky? What are you seeing when you spot a coyote on next door? An ecology of fear, a settler dream of space conquered, a political fantasy, an unwelcome reminder, performance, an image, perhaps distantly related to an animal that passed down a city street one night. That's not to say our digital coyotes aren't real. The fantasies they perform in make them real in the sense that they have very real effects including the real, violent deaths of actual coyotes. Besides, there's at least one thing they have in common with flesh-and-blood coyotes. They multiply. One main reason we see an increase in coyote sightings is that more people are on next door reporting them. Remember how our debate started? This coyote problem has gotten out of hand. Countless posts from you all for months show the coyotes are going further and further into town. Countless posts from you all? It's not clear that the person who wrote that has ever seen an actual coyote, and yet they're sure the coyotes are coming. These coyotes really are ghosts. They can go places no real coyote can go, and they can be in many places and many minds at once. Remember what they say, Twitter isn't real life. When we spoke with coyotes out of Downey, they really emphasized this point. Most residents are not really on either side. They're kind of just down the middle. They just want to learn to see what they can do. So the more vocal ones are not necessarily the majority. But just a few persistent coyotes, a few digital ghosts, a few vocal neighbors can write a script for a whole city to follow. Consider that when you see a coyote, maybe you don't have to know what to say yet.
This episode of The Labyrinth Podcast was produced and narrated by Spencer Robbins. Audio engineer Adam Wand, research by The Labyrinth team including Jessica Lynch, Chase Niesner, Soledad Altrudi, Aditi Halba, Spencer Robbins, Bradley Cardozo, Sarah Zemer, Niaz Sassoonian, and Emma Horton. Art and design by Amisha Gadani. Special thanks to all the people who have helped with this research and who remain anonymous here, and also to the Laboratory for Environmental Narrative Strategies for collaborating on the podcast series. And thanks also to the Next Door players, Emma Horton, Niaz Sassoonian, Christopher Kelty, Spencer Robbins, and Rachel Gross. The Labyrinth Project was funded by the UCLA Sustainable LA Grand Challenge Program and the UCLA Institute for Society and Genetics. Additional audio notes, background information, and credits can be found on our website, labyrinth.garden. Hey there. This is your friendly labyrinth expert. Just so you know, there's another passageway that leads away from here to another story that is strangely similar. If you want proof that urban coyotes are flourishing in every neighborhood in the city, just mention that you study coyotes to anybody who lives in Los Angeles. We wouldn't hand feed them, but you come within six inches. Sweet looking and non-threatening. I think I'm just afraid. It's not necessarily they're getting smarter. It's just they're very observant animals. So what's going on? What do coyotes mean by the things they do? Or better yet, what does it mean for a person to see a coyote in the city? Go away! If you want to follow that passageway, it's the episode called How to See Coyotes. Did you bring thread? Does this maze have a monster? Find out. Good luck. Good luck.